And my name is Karen Wright. It is 936 and joining me now for our Master Gardener segment is Master Gardener Harvey Hess. Good morning, Harvey. Good morning. How are things out in the, the country? A little white. A little white. And you uh, said you took it easy because the roads are kind of slippery. Uh, the road, road patrol hadn't been past my place yet this morning. but Because uh, you're out by Pemberton. Yeah, and I'm on Township Road. And I, he's out, but it hasn't gotten to me yet. And, but the county road plows have been out and everything. And it wasn't too bad. A little icy, but... Well, I'm glad you're in and you made it safely because yes. the, the parking lot is even kind of slippery out there. Yeah, it so. is. Well, let's uh, talk about some different things. I don't know if you saw this week in the free press on Monday. Was it this? Yeah, this Monday they had a nice article talking about power plants and prairie plants and how, you know, Mankato's going to be getting, uh, well, it started out as prairie, of course, a lot of our, our land, and then we plowed it up and made farmland, and now some of it's reverting to solar farms. So what they're trying to do with some of those solar farms is now bring them back to Prairie so they can have that be a part of the solar farm. And now you might be familiar with the one. It's um, out by about one and a half miles east of the intersection of Highway 22 and Hoffman Road. It's a $290 million Aurora solar project, and it began generating for power for Xcel Energy last summer and can meet the electricity needs of 16,000 homes. But one of the cool things they're doing, Harvey, is they're going to take the parcel and become a first-of-its-kind research lab studying ways to make harmonious neighbors of solar arrays and prairie plants and agriculture. Well, I don't know if they're the first because uh, I'm, I think there's some up by the cities already that are planted oh, are with, with wildflowers and stuff. Uh, I've read about those. Well, that's what they're claiming in here. <laughs> well, it's the first one down here, I would imagine, because I don't know if anybody else has done it down here, but I do know that there was one up there um, our wholesaler for Benko, I used to be on their board, and uh, they got one co-op there that has got some, and they were experimenting with it. Well, it sounds like a great project. The, the research is going to be looking at which plants work best for bees, butterflies, and other pollinators, and how the different plant species impact the health of the soil, and what mix of plants can keep the air cooler within a solar array, and which boosts the efficiency of solar panels. So, so a lot of good things that they're going to be looking for. Well, they'll, they'll have to watch how big they grow, too, because they don't <laughs> want them to get, get growing over at the top of their thing either but well generally prairies uh, prairie plants don't are, are yeah you're not getting big trees or anything but there is there is some grasses though they get quite tall true uh some of the ones that they're mentioning here of planting include prairie coneflowers black-eyed susan grasses like foul bluegrass and legumes like white prairie clover to put nitrogen back in the soil and of course those i believe are are shorter stature yeah i've got some of them on my place already too and my neighbor uh, is going to start a uh, CRP land and they're going to plant some tall grasses around the outside and then he's going to have the shorter grasses on the inside with the uh, wildflowers and stuff and so y you won't be able to see those from the road because of the taller grasses. Is the concept to prevent uh, wind and stuff uh, that the taller ones will prevent the snow and things from blowing on the road? Yeah it's it's uh, it's a well, used to be a cornfield but he's going to turn it all into CRP and and preserve the ground and stuff. That's great. I mean, a lot of, a lot of farm The tall grasses are for privacy. I mean, he, he, he doesn't want everybody ah. to see what's all in there, too. Why? Well, out in the country, you sometimes get somebody that likes to tr go across the land. and. Oh, right. I, 
<laughs> I, 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 we had that when we were farmers. We were um, in the country, yeah, obviously in the country, but we had people with snowmobile on our alfalfa. Yeah. And I mean, I, th- I think that they thought, well, no big deal. There's snow on it. But what happened was it would pack it down and you have to wait to get a good alfalfa crop and it would kill it. And I mean, we would say, please don't go on there. And our neighbors go, would get mad. Well, well, it's just, you know, no, it's, it, it yeah. kills it. And I it, had the same problem. Yeah. And, and uh-huh. it's so frustrating because I know that they want the recreation, but it's your living. Well, when you go over something like that, you pack the snow down and the ice down there and then it can't breathe right. Right. And, and it too. gets compacted. Yeah. So, you know, be, be courteous. If, if you're going to do the snowmobiling, go on the very side of the road. Don't go in the farmer's fields because that is their livelihood. Or uh, a cornfield or something, you know, plowed ground. Go ahead, but it's a little rough. But <laughs> it's a little rough. <laughs> but alfalfa is, you know, nice, smooth, and, but it's not good. No, it's not good for it. So so I know you um, are still gardening in the winter. Of course, I've got a lot of plants in my house. I've got a big patio door in the basement. So I've taken a number of things in, but I know you've got an entire garage full of, of plants. So uh, you're the winter gardener. I got, um, I think it's close to 65 pots out there. Wow. Of course, I've been adding a few more now because I've got uh, hen and chicks and they're having babies, and I've been uh, weaning the babies from the uh, mother plants and starting new ones, so I've got a few more started. And what else do you have out in your garage now? I've got a geranium out there that's about 20 years old. Really? Wow. And I've got some um, uh, peppers, ornamental pepper plant that's seven, eight years old, and I bring it in in the fall, and I put it outside in, in the summertime, and it just greens all up and stuff, and Plus a tree. I I do have a hibiscus tree that I'm overwintering for somebody. So this is obviously not the hardy hibiscus. This is the one that's the the tropical hibiscus, which you have to take in. It's in a big pot, and they have flowers down at the bottom, and then it's twisted until it gets up and weighs a couple, or a foot and a half, and then it branches out into the tree. Now, I don't know about you, but sometimes when I find my indoor plants, they don't they aren't as lush in the winter generally because no. they don't get as good of lights. I mean, you, I know, have some lights. I just use the lights of my um, patio door. So they, they get a little scragglier and a little, um, they reach for the light. <laughs> these shop lights, these four-foot shop lights, mm-hmm. I got about 12 of them or 14 of them out there. Do you leave them on a timer? Yeah. So yeah, they're on for about 16 hours. Because plants should not have a light 24 hours a day. No, no. You know, they're on they're on about 16 hours and, and uh, that but I got uh, one um, nice big flower out there now um, um, begonia begonia and then I've got a couple others my daughter brought some plants out for me to wa- overwinter and uh, a couple of those now are, are blossoming too now I know you are known for your tomatoes you are kind of the Harvey the tomato guy uh, yeah so when you someday when you pass on and the, they'll they'll go, remember Harvey the tomato and pepper guy <laughs> You know how it is, like, what will you be remembered for? Well, yeah. your tomatoes. And I know uh, you will be starting uh, tomatoes and peppers soon in the seeds. Well, it's going to be a little bit because it's still a little early. But you've got some favorites, and I kind of wanted to have you talk about some of those. Uh, you know, Barb and I are are enthralled with the tomato berry because it's shaped like a little strawberry, and it's just sweet, and it's, con- you know, prolific and it's really a good one and, and you've grown that for us now yeah that's about the only one i really grow out for a cherry tomato anymore is that right is but that it's good yeah it's it's good one but uh, my old favorite is uh, uh super sauce for a uh, uh, pasta or aroma aroma type. okay now you i had one of your super sauce tomatoes and they got giant tomatoes on them but i made soup and it wasn't they weren't very strong they were kind of i thought kind of watery though Maybe oh, they aren't good for soup. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, my daughter loves them. 
um, you know, you get the Romas and they're a certain size. Right. These then, are these were very big, these super yeah. sauce. And then uh, years ago, I found one that was called Big Mama, and I started raising that. And uh, my daughter still likes that one, too. So, okay. Uh, but the super sauce, they get big and they're meaty, uh, more meaty. So um, they're good. She likes them for pasta and sauce and stuff. Well, and maybe I didn't do it right because I, you know, I, I, I grew them and, and I made them into soup and I just, it didn't seem real taste, like it didn't have a lot of taste. Well, maybe it doesn't have the flavor that uh, some, some others, others do. Yeah, yeah, that might be. Yeah, it could be too. And it depends on where you're growing them too. You, right. I was growing them in the raised garden beds and, and yeah, um, I'm not sure how consistent I was watering them either. <laughs> well, uh, you, you get a, a different soils and uh, and they have different minerals in them and, and stuff can, can cause a difference in the taste and stuff. But the um, slicers, I have always had Better Boy. Better Boy, that's a that's the one that's been around for a long time. Yeah, and you know, I went to I think four different places here in Mankato. And I cannot find a package of Better Boy seeds. Are you going to order them online then? I did. I oh, ordered. You did. You I, I ordered. Yeah, because I couldn't find them any place here, which surprised me because that's the old standard. Then another one I like is a Big Boy. Um, a lot of times you'll see that. Oh, uh, so the super sauce. Uh, there was some at uh, seeds at Menards. Otherwise, I've never been able to find any except the, through a catalog. Which which of a uh, uh, burpee. Oh, okay. At, at at Menards, they had some. They did because I know, like with the tomato berry, the only place I've seen those is on on a catalog. Online, yeah, yeah or online on a catalog, right? But I also grow. Uh, always before uh, called delicious and celebrity and uh, uh, early one the Fourth of July. I've grown those before too, and then uh, some people like the yellow ones. Um, I personally like the orange ones because I love orange. But yeah. Oh uh, yeah, there's. Um, Chef's Choice Orange, it's a heirloom, okay, and that's a slicer. And then uh, Sunny Boy is the yellow one, and then I grow a cherry tomato, a yellow cherry tomato called Yellow Pear. I've you, I've had one of your plants from last year, and that grew nice, a lot of nice little uh, pear pear shaped uh, tomatoes. And then I have one that uh, people look at it, and uh, uh, it's called Italian Ice. No, what does that look like? It's a white tomato. Oh, white tomato. White tomato. Like it's blanched or something. Years ago, my sister got some seeds just because uh, she'd seen it and thought it was uh, novelty. Tried once. Right? Yeah, novelty. And so I grew it one year and I had some at our sale. I think I had maybe three or four. And this one lady bought them. All of them? Yeah. Oh. And uh, then I thought, well, nobody else. I never heard of them or anything. So the next year, I didn't grow any. She was there we looking for him, <laughs> and I've been growing them ever since. Because she's your, your regular <laughs> customer. I think so. I think she's still been there. I had a few, a couple other people went to try them last year, so we'll see what happens. You know, now they, they have black tomatoes, too, that are very, very dark. Have you tried any of those? No, I haven't. Um, uh, they're usually the heirlooms. Right, yes. And uh, years ago, uh, we had a trial on them from the university, on heirlooms, we had five different ones, and we grew those. And uh, yes, they look nice, they taste good in that, but they're hard to raise because they seem to, the tomatoes seem to go down in between the branches. Mm. And then when you wanted to pull them out, you'd have to tug on them a little bit, and they got very thin skins, and you stick your oh. finger right through it all the time. So so to, maybe it depends on the variety, too. Yeah. 
but it, it we didn't um, care for them too much. So because there are literally hundreds of varieties of tomatoes, you can look, and there's some catalog or tomato only in catalogs of that's all you see is seeds and seeds and seeds. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've got a granddaughter up in the cities that still likes uh, um, uh, heirlooms, and I still grow a few of those yet, but not too many. Now, as far as what you're going to raise, because you always raise from seed nice tomatoes that you sell at at our Minnesota River Valley Master Gardeners spring sale. sale. It's just May, I think it's the second weekend or something in May. And are you going to be doing that again this year? And when do you start those seeds? Uh, I'll probably start some of those in, in, in April, about the middle of April and stuff. Um, I don't like to get them real big. Uh, some people want bigger tomatoes right away and stick them on the ground. But but you can plant those deep. That's the nice thing about tomatoes. If they're really tall, plant them as deep as you can. And they all root. Anything that's under the ground will root. On the tomato. On the stems. Right. Yeah. And I usually don't plant them until the Memorial Day or just right after Memorial Day. And, um, yeah, I'll have tomatoes, uh, peppers. Um, I might even have a few hen and chicks this year. Oh, really? Uh, I'll see. And then I sometimes I have extra... Uh, dahlias that I'll bring in and sell too. Yes, and you have very beautiful dahlias. I finally, I I had um, some dahlias that I had kept over from a year, and I just left them in the ground this year because they grew to about four or five feet tall, and they (laughs) they break. Yeah. And so I decided I didn't want that one anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, do you get that some point where you just say, ah, it's too much much of a mess? No, I I have uh, tomato cages around every one of them. You do? As soon as I plant them, I put tomato cages around them too because they do get tall. And uh, I do have wind out there in the country, and and uh, it it does affect them. And they but ha- it's but it, they're I'm I'm cutting back this year too on the number I had. Right. Uh, I cut back. I think I had twenty twenty different varieties wow. plus some little ones last year, and I think I'm back to twelve different varieties that I I like. So your favorites. And, yeah. I noticed they now sell what they call dwarfs that are smaller. Um, they've still got the flowers; they're not as big. But but if you want them for a border or something, they're real nice because uh, the the da- um, dahlias will bloom for quite a long time. I have some um, that only get about mm, two feet tall. Well, these these I've seen some with like even smaller than smaller that. Smaller than that, yeah. um, and they're the single petal ones. There's red and uh, pink, and and then I have some um, um, pom poms. They're only about an uh, inch and a half, two inches across, uh, yellow ones and uh, red ones. Uh, they're, they're really nice, too. I, I like those. Right. And that, that's what I use around the border of my uh, garden. So. Well, now, I've got a trouble spot in my yard, and I'm sure other people might have this problem, too. Of course, shade is always something that can be difficult, especially if you started in a new house and, and you were everything was sunny and now your trees have gotten big and so you've got to find things for shade. Well, I've also got out by the lake. You've seen where I, my lake house is. Yep. It's got a steep bank um, and steps down to the lake and so it's shaded. It's on the north side. It's got trees and everything and the, the people before had planted a whole bunch of daylilies, which probably were great when there was sunshine, but now that all the trees are grown up. So I checked in with the uh, Johanna George, she's uh, the landscape designer at Drummers, and, and you know said, "What what are some ideas you have?" And she had a number of different ideas. Uh, right now, there's some yews on the hills. She suggested maybe planting some more yews, but you got to be careful because some yews like more sun, and some yeah. can tolerate more shade. So those are the Japanese yew uh, shrubs. Uh, she also suggested the Annabelle hydrangeas that could be utilized 
Um, the, the thing with them, though, is if really they need a little more sun, so I don't know if I've got enough sun. Yeah. Yeah, it just depends on how much you got. It, yeah, it, it's hard to find somebody uh, something for shade outside of uh, hostas. Right. Well, another thing she suggested that I looked in, and this does sound like a tolerant, is dwarf bush honeysuckle. They're a kind of a low-growing uh, yeah. plant that spreads horizontally, and I've never thought of them, but I, I think that's one I'm going to consider. And some ground ground covers she suggested are like the lamium, also known as dead nettle, yeah. and that's good. Um, and let's see, some of the others that she suggested, let me find the names here, because some of them, yeah, so sp- You've seen the the lamium. They're kind of spotted. Sometimes they get a little white on them. Yeah. And then there is, um, as you mentioned, there is the the hostas. But uh, some of the others were like a, a vinca. There's a, there's a vinca that kind of climbs along the ground that's good for preventing erosion, which I think might be good. It's also known as common periwinkle, but it's a low-growing and it twines, a perennial plant. It's got glossy evergreen foliage, which is attractive. And uh, they've got smooth stems that will root down as they creep along the ground. So it's an effective ground cover, particularly for stabilizing slopes. And I planted one of those plants last year. See, the thing is, a lot of times they sell them individually, and they're expensive. So I'm trying to figure out, so I'm looking online to see if I can find some seeds to try and start my own. Would you start some periwinkles for me, Herb, or Harvey? (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to give Harvey another job. (laughs) Well, I was really just trying to start some for you. Um, a juga is another one. You know what a juga? That's also known as bugleweed. Okay. And and that's supposed to be really good too. And I see they sell them in flats of like forty eight or more. But they're they're I, the the reviews I read on people who've bought those flats, they say that a lot of times the plants come you know with shipping. Sometimes a lot of them don't make it. I've I've had that problem with uh, I've ordered some with plants before and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Sometimes there's the only way you can get them. But by the time they get here, they've been tossed around and stuff, and they lo- they don't put them in very big c- containers. There's not much dirt on them, and so if they lose some of that dirt during shipping, you know, and stuff, and then they dry out and, and that. Uh, or if you get a cold snap or, or a really hot snap, because I ordered those yum yum peppers are just the the most wonderful peppers I've ever had, and and the thing is they're. This, a packet of, I think, 10 or 15 seeds is eight ninety nine. Yeah. It's terrible. I think that's a lot. <laughs> but anyway, so this year I ordered them when they had a half-off sale on them. So I'm going to get the seeds. But last year it was late in the seasons. I didn't get the seeds. And I ordered three plants of the Yum Yum Peppers because my husband absolutely loves them. They're kind of a sweet pepper, and they're just really almost like a mini bell, different okay. colors. But they're just so good for snacking on. So I ordered the plants, and I got them, and they look just terrible. The leaves are all wilted. And I put them in the ground, and they didn't make it. And luckily, the the company did reimburse me, uh, refund my money, but not for the shipping. So I still had to pay that whatever it was, you know, $10 or $9.95 shipping. So that's the thing about it. You kind of risk at a risk. So sometimes it is better to buy locally if they have it. I think I've ordered the last seeds that I'll need this year, and I've ordered, I think, four times or five times. But I always wait until I get a good deal. Either free uh, shipping, free or shipping, or fifty percent off. You buy so many and and stuff like that. So I watch and what I when I get them and stuff. So I've ordered online. You know they do the catalogs and I get the catalogs too. But I do online now. Do you do online or yes? Because then I. But it's, the thing is, and you've maybe had this. All of a sudden, your your inbox is filled with 
sale, sale, <laughs> sale, buy one, get one, 50% off, free shipping, you know, 30% off on this. And you're like, holy buckets. I've got oh, at least a half a dozen different uh, uh, seed catalogs that I get every day. Oh, I get a bunch too. Yeah. And, uh, but I go through them and that's how I found some of these. And I'm waiting for one yet that I, I had and I don't know what I did with it. I had it, well, they're sent in the mail that I wanted, and I was going to order them, and now I can't find it, so I'm going to wait, because you got to have a code. Right. You know, right. so I'm waiting for them to send me another one. Eventually they do. I mean, it's like you just, and then you have to jump on it, because it usually only lasts a day. Yeah. Well, this one I was sent uh, uh, in the mail. Oh, and, okay. Um, it was five plants. I'm not going to say what they are. But I looked in the catalog. Uh, there was five for like twenty dollars, and one time mm -hmm. it was thirty dollars. Another one was twenty-five. I've been doing this for th three years, I think. Right. And I look in the catalog, and they're forty-nine. Right. This year it's a hundred and forty-nine. What? What are they? Why can't you tell me? <laughs> roses. Oh, roses! But th that's crazy. Yeah, I mean. Uh, and the last year I had from two different companies, same thing. One of them had five for $30 and one had five for $25. A lot of it is supply and demand. Yeah. And and maybe and they you don't you don't get to pick what you get. They oh, these are the ones they get send you whatever you get. Uh, yeah, but they're labeled. Oh, and, okay. Uh, you know, so they are labeled in that. And, and, and sometimes the seeds or plants go up because maybe they had a crop failure. Maybe something happened. So. Well, if you can buy five roses for 20 or $30. Well, that's a good deal. You can use them as an annual plant. Right. Well, they're, yeah, they're yeah. a good point. Yeah. <laughs> hey, speaking of uh, plants, we want to talk about this before we go. Tomorrow is the big day for the Minnesota River Valley Master Gardeners, and we invite everyone, you don't have to be a Master Gardener, to our Spring Alive 7. It's our annual educational program. It's yeah, every other year. Oh, I'm sorry, every other year. And it's at South Central College. That's up in North Mankato. Registration tomorrow at 7.30 a.m. to 8. And the program starts at 8. Uh, we'll start with coffee, muffins at 7.30 to just before 8. And you can register. Uh, then then at 8, we will start with a talk by Shane Bagasia, who is the the extension Ex agent. agent. Yeah. And he's talking about beneficial insects. How do you attract the good insects that will get rid of the bad insects to your landscape? Because yep. some bugs are really good. Yeah, they are. And then we're going to talk uh, or have 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. is going to be Trees, Pets, and People, a watershed approach to understanding urban water pollution and what we, what role we can play. And we can, you don't have to be on a farm. The uh, urban landscape contributes a lot a to lot our... A lot of phosphorus and, and stuff, too. So that's by Dr. Sarah Hobby, who is a University of Minnesota researcher, and she presents it in just a really great down-to-earth way. Right. And then at um, we'll have a break, and you and we'll have a lot of great door prizes. I've heard about some of the door prizes, so that's always fun. Yeah, and then there will be tables set up outside. I know you're going to be hall. sitting at one yep. informational booth. Yep, I'll be one by one with, uh, with information about tomatoes. If somebody wants to know, I have questions on them. And I know there's somebody there going to be information about herbs, and uh, there's going to be a whole bunch of other. Uh, Folks, you can ask questions to. And then I don't want to forget, from 10.30 to 11.30, Kathy Harum is going to be presenting. Um, she is the past president of the Minnesota Hosta Society. And she, in her own yard, has over 400 varieties of hostas. 
and you know there's some 8,000 varieties. So she I mean, must have a lot of the trees around there too. She must. <laughs> <laughs> but um, she's also going to talk about diseases currently threatening hostas and about the top picks for 2018, and and then there'll be more chances for door prizes and uh, questions. And uh, if you are looking for continuing education, it's worth three ed- uh, continuing education hours. If you have any questions, you can call us here at the station. Uh, anything else? You go the, ahead. The admission uh, to get in twenty dollars is the cost for it. Right. Yep. But it's um it's through it's it's thr- well worth it. Oh, absolutely. Because these these people are some of the top notch speakers. I'm just really pleased we got these yeah. speakers. They're really top notch. And again, it's it's going to be um, registration. If you haven't registered online, starts at seven thirty to seven fifty. Walk in and have coffee muffins before, and then sit down and enjoy. You know, as far as gardeners go, they're afraid sometimes to ask a dumb question. There is no dumb question. Oh. If you want to come and ask me what you think is a dumb question, come. I will not laugh. I will not. I'll you know, the try and help you. thing is we have all been there. You know, yes. we, we know some of the stuff now only because we've made a lot of mistakes. And, you know, it's better to ask the question so you can prevent maybe having those mistakes. Yeah, I'm always glad to help somebody out. In fact, I, I've got one gal now, her and her husband, they, they are not gardeners. Yeah, but I, I invited them out to my place and would show them what we do and stuff like that and try and help them get started in gardening. Well, that's wonderful. And that's kind of what we're all about. The, Minnesota, the master gardeners are all about educating education, people. That's yeah. what we're there for. Yeah. So I hope to see a lot of people tomorrow. I'll be there. Harvey will be there. Barb Lampson and all the other Minnesota River Valley master gardeners from our area. And it's open to the public, everyone. It's it's for lay people, everyone. Right. So I hope to see you there tomorrow, bright and early, Harvey. Well, we'll try. <laughs> okay, uh, and and the good news is the snow's Those not going to start until later afternoon. in the day, so <laughs> so you no excuses. We'll see you there. Okay, thanks, Harvey. Bye. Oh, hey, bye, bye. Always fun to talk to Harvey. It is one minute past ten. You're listening to a Minnesota morning at KMSU Radio, eighty nine point seven FM in Mankato and KMSK ninety one point three FM in Austin. Online at KMSU.org. Broadcasting from the campus of Minnesota State University, Mankato. Big ideas and real world thinking.